0: Hey, what's up? This is the Flyover Libertarian Podcast, where three unimportant people from an unimportant place give you the opinion that you didn't ask
1: for. I'm Josh, a.k.a. Cap, And I am Darabelli. And today we are talking about homeschooling as an act of anarchy.
0: Yeah. So, uh, uh when I went to college, well, I, I grew up going to public schools. I think that's a different situation. You, you grew up homeschooled, right?
1: I uh started in the public schools and then uh was homeschooled fifth through twelfth grade.
0: Okay, right on. Well, um when I went to college, uh I, I had grown up in public school, but I had some friends who um were homeschooled and um I like to joke with them that they went to the Fundamentalist Military Academy. And uh for one of my friends that wasn't far from the truth. Uh <laughs> but uh one thing that I did notice about them, even like without any sort of philosophy behind it, is I noticed there was like a, um, uh, there was a quality that set them apart besides lack of socialization <laughs> and, and it wasn't even, you know, that wasn't true. I was just a joke, but like they, there was a quality that set them apart that actually attracted me to homeschooling, um, right away. And then from there, it was just sort of a process where I read some books, read some articles, saw from multiple different perspectives. Um, I learned about John Taylor Gatto and all that. And I kind of came around to this perspective of homeschooling to such an extent that um, one of the first conversations I had with my future wife, before she was even my girlfriend, was on the subject of homeschooling our kids, our potential kids so uh that was one of our early conversations and uh i think there's lots of reasons why homeschooling can be really beneficial and I, i'd love to hear your perspective on it having um gone through it
1: yeah so uh i really enjoyed being homeschooled um it was well my parents primarily did it um For developmental reasons uh they pulled my sister out about uh, well a year before that um i was pulled out of the public schools um and then they just found out they liked it um and so they pulled me out the next year and then i've got two younger siblings they were pulled out uh in subsequent uh starts of the school years um and we just we we really liked it um both from the religious perspective as well as the 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 libertarian freedom perspective it gave uh, my family a lot of control over um what our education was and really it gave them the control to just kind of set us free um where we could learn things that we were interested in um when we were interested in them um and not deal with stuff that we didn't want to do i was very academically inclined um i was doing calculus and physics and my sophomore junior year of high school um my sister one of my sisters um really had no interest in math she did no basic algebra that was good enough um and so it it was uh, allowed us to you know kind of tailor everything um to the individual child um for two years in high school i read through the lord of the rings very very slowly it was my english study took me two years to go through the books and i loved it it's uh one of my favorite memories from high school is just kind of seeping that in. Um, so yeah, we, 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 uh, definitely enjoyed it. Um, I felt that it was the best option for myself. Um, my wife and I will be homeschooling our children.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And, uh, we do want to make a very brief disclaimer. We're not saying that the only libertarian option is to, or the only right option is to homeschool. This is our preferred option. Uh, I could give you lots of reasons, but of course, our our buddy Jeff, who did our episode on um, educational choice, would want would want us to remind you that there are plenty of good um, private schools or um, private-ish schools, and there's things that can be accomplished in those situations, and um, at one point, my wife and I toyed with sending our kids to Classical Academy, but we're going to zoom in really on, on uh, homeschooling, and especially homeschooling. As an act of anarchy, as you said before, like how that can affect us. And actually, um, before we move on, I want to actually make a really quick statement, just an off topic, uh, statement. It's funny that you mentioned Lord of the Rings because, um, recently I was on, uh, our, uh, Lincoln Anderson's podcast. He's a, a guy I met through Twitter and it's, uh, he's a, he's a great guy and he has a podcast called not another Liberty podcast. And as of this recording, there's only four episodes in. It's a really great idea. Basically, um, he's talking about non-Liberty things with Liberty Twitter personalities, which is kind of a great idea. So, um, But he had me on to talk about The Lord of the Rings, actually, and that's um, episode three of his podcast. You can find it on Spotify um, for sure. I don't know if there's other places, but uh, you can look up Spotify not another Liberty podcast episode three, Lord of the Rings with Iowa and cap. We nerded out for almost an hour <laughs> on uh, the Lord of the Rings and we had a great time. It was a lot of fun. Um, I think it turned out really nicely. So I just want to encourage you guys to check that out and check out that new podcast. Cause, uh, it's, uh, I've, I've listened to all the other episodes, except the new, except the newest one. And they're all very good. So with that out of the way, um, we're going to talk, so yeah, we're going to talk about how homeschooling is a very practical act of anarchy, um, and the first, first way in which it's, uh, it's an, an act of anarchy is, it seem maybe, maybe the most obvious way, which is that you can teach them and the anti-statist perspectives, um, that you would never hear in a public school,
1: you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that uh, I believe my uh, political opinions are a little more um, out there than my parents are. Um, but even with their, I, I don't want to say conservative in the Republican conservative, but conservative as in not crazy, um, their conservative mm-hmm. opinions, um, they were very much encouraging of, you know, everything has, a, has another story. Um we need to look into this. We need to we need to um try this from multiple angles and there was never, of course, because we were homeschooling, there was never the perspective that the people in the offices on the other side of town at the school district who've decided what you get to learn are right. So we're going to learn that. Yeah. Um and so yeah. that very fundamental um let, let's let's work together on what we need to learn let's work together. Um, and I, and the, just the realization that, you know, anybody else who decides what is best for me to learn, um, is at some level imposing some sort of status control over, uh, me, um, over my family, over our educational context. And that wasn't something that we were interested in. And so, while it wasn't, um, overt in my education, it was definitely a, uh, major factor, um, where it was just, the government just needs to leave us alone because my parents knew how to train us. My parents knew what we needed to learn on an individual kid by kid basis. And they did, they did a stellar job. And so totally it, uh, it, it allows, um, I guess the point I'm making is that my parents weren't ov- overtly anti statist in their education. Sure. But um it was still in it was still there and my expectation is that my wife and I will be um more overtly anti statist than my parents were, uh, which just encourages yeah. the next generation the continuation of you know, the anarchist uh awareness and anarchist mm-hmm. mindsets.
0: Yeah, I think um one thing that you know like Tom Woods is always all about that and if you've if you've uh he's always talking about his Liberty classroom where he does give that that alternative perspective to history and politics and economics that you don't get in the public schools and what's remarkable about it is and and it's one of those things that like you don't even think about until you uh are red pilled I guess you could say mm-hmm. on the whole issue is that Nine times out of ten, you don't even know there's an alternative perspective to be seen other than the public schools. Right. Like, I, I, I don't know that I ever considered the possibility that Lincoln could be anything other than an absolute hero. Right. Like, I didn't even know there was a third option. Like, half the stuff that I've learned about Lincoln since school, like, wasn't even brought up. The yeah. fact that he would jail his, po- his political opponents, and especially journalists, I'm like, doesn't that seem like something that should have been brought up? Like, no one even brought it up to say, like, well, of course, you have to remember the situation and blah, blah, blah. Like, no one even justified it. Right. They just didn't even bring it up. Right. And, and uh like, things like, I didn't even know that there was an offer of surrender before we dropped the bombs in Japan. Like, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Like, there's there's just, it's not even... That like I have to be overtly anti-state in what I teach my my child. I just don't have to give them the propaganda,
1: right? Absolutely. Um, now, of course, I,
0: I think, I think I will. I probably will teach them. I'll say this is what Daddy believes, like you know, or as they get older, Father. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is what I believe about the state and economics and stuff like that. And I think that will give them a heads up and a and a uh, a leg up over some of the other people they're going to come in contact with in the world. But even just the fact that I, I am not going to give them the one simple cookie cutter government approved answer is an act of anarchy in itself. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. And, And I'm not in any way saying propagandize in the other direction, because I think in many ways that's just as flawed. Like if you're going into a world that is full of people who've been handed the same cookie cutter, explanation of everything if you're not prepared to counter that first of all because you know their perspective and second of all because you know the answer to their perspective then you're just going to get beat down by the force of numbers Yeah. like uh, I, there's so many times I would see like I went to a Christian college and I would see all of these sheltered Christian kids for the first time encountering liberal Christianity and then being like, but they sound so smart. Mm -hmm. But because my dad had given me a lot of those arguments growing up and said, well, this is what some people say and this is why they're wrong. I was better prepared to counter them but these other people because they'd only heard the, the, the very simple, I mean, I guess you could call it counter propaganda and hadn't been given like the explanation of, well, this is what the other side believes and this is why they're wrong about what they believe. Absolutely. They weren't ready to, to encounter the world either. So I think it's not just, yeah, it's not just counter propaganda. It's teaching the perspectives and helping them to think through the perspectives. Yeah. So
1: if, if anybody, myself or somebody I'm debating with or a friend or whatever, if anybody cannot outline their opponent's argument in a coherent fashion, that person does not understand the topic well enough to be arguing or debating. Um, because yeah. they only know one side, and they cannot comprehend the entire problem. And ultimately, it boils down to they have they have um, absorbed information in the form of propaganda. They may even be right, but if they only know one side, it's all propaganda.
0: Yeah, or or at the very least, a very thin understanding of what you think is correct. Absolutely like
1: which yeah, kind of it's, it's oh,
0: sorry. yeah no which, sorry you're right. um
1: which leads kind of into the the second thing that we had was uh the what we call practical decentralization um so much of the public school system um is created in a top-down approach a one-size-fits-all um yeah the federal government is involved in deciding what people need to learn and Ultimately, uh, children in L.A. um, may not need to know the same things as children in flyover, Iowa. Um, And uh, top-down approaches don't work. And so we could go to the state levels, but that doesn't work. And we can go to the city level, but that doesn't work because each individual child is different. Each individual child learns at different speeds, is interested in different things, has different capacities for learning. Um, And... Once again, not not to say that any other option aside from homeschooling is wrong, um, but homeschooling, in my opinion, um, is the best way to respond to the individual needs as they present themselves um, in a functionally decentralized and applied anarchical uh, fashion where I don't need to go ask permission to teach my child how to chop wood because he's interested in chopping wood. I can show him how to be safe with the axe. I can show him where to stack the wood when he's done and then I can kick him outside and say, go chop some wood. Um, I, I don't need permission. I don't need guidance. Um, I just need to encourage in my children a thirst and a love for learning. um, And then mm-hmm. everything else will take care of itself. Yeah. I, I think about like, uh, you know, I
0: mean, I don't know if I've said this before in the podcast or not, but, um, I'm not in any way endorsing the whole of Betsy DeVos and her ideas, just because I don't know enough about her. But I remember at one point she was talking about, and I remember be, I remember it clearly because of all my leftist friends um, dancing around, being like, "Oh my gosh, look how stupid she is!" She literally said people need to bring guns to school because of bears, like that was their whole thing. Like they they mm-hmm. excerpted that. That she had made some compl- comment about bringing guns to school in some places because bears. And and they clearly just missed the point of what she was saying. She was actually making this amazing case for the United States decentralized system right. applied to education. Like she was saying some places, yeah, it's not as much of an issue. And so maybe they can get away with no guns in, in the classroom. But there's some places where there's an actual possibility of bears walking onto the property of the school, in which case it might be good if someone has a rifle on hand. Right. Like, and, and it was, it was a great statement on like really decentralization Mm -hmm. is to say like the whole concept of one size fits all public educational policy is flawed, but you know, it's all baked into the whole cake. I mentioned John Taylor Gatto, uh, a, a minute ago, he is the one who, who did all that research and, and talked about how how we you know the, the the so-called progressives had just looked at the Prussian system of education and they took they brought in this educational model that's whole purpose was essentially the widgetization of students right and th- and that really is what we have in the public school model in fact it was it was honestly better in the, the one room schoolhouses Because at least there you had multiple ages in the same room. So it had to be a little bit more tailored to the student in that situation. But ever since we went to this model of separating kids off into their own age group, which I think is a mistake in itself, that we wonder why kids today, why my generation and other generations around me have no idea how to interact with older people and have this intense hatred of older people. It's because we were never taught to socialize outside of our own age. Right. And that's a problem. But, but this whole approach is a widgetization is it's an, it's a, a assembly line education. First, you start with this and then you go to this and then you go to this and everyone has to learn all the same subjects and make sure that we cover all the important subjects and they get to pick which subjects matter, and which subjects don't. Right. And so you've got all these constant fighting over well, can we get arts in the school? But why are we going to have art? Why are we wasting time with art when you need to learn math? Why are we wasting time with what? Well, we need all, we need to be good scientists. And so we all need to know science. And Mm. well, we need this level of history at this level. And, and, um, there, the truth is, like you said, like every kid doesn't need the same amount of focus. Like I, I, uh, I took a math class, uh, on my own, my senior year. And it was purely because I couldn't fit it into my schedule and I needed the fourth year of math. And so I just came in to the classroom during someone else's class. I sat in the corner and I just read the assignment for the week and did my assignments. And that's when I discovered that I didn't need the full hour that they were taking right in, in my math classes. Right. I got that work done in 15 minutes and then I pulled out the Chronicles of Narnia and I read that for the rest of the time. That and was, okay, I was, I was, and, was, and that dude, that I'm is
1: reading. true for um, everybody who tries homeschooling, um, where mm-hmm. they find out they can get a day's worth, uh, they can get what they consider to be an adequate day's worth of education before lunch. They can sit down. Mm -hmm. They do their math. If the kid understands it, great. 20 minutes, done. They do their reading. If the kid understands it, great, done. They do their dictation. They do their writing. They do their their painting, whatever it is. And then they realize, well, we're done Mm -hmm. now. Like, we we have covered an entire day's worth. And, and like, they're not shirking it. They're not cutting corners. This is a full day's worth of academic work. And and, and it's like, it's it's been three hours. And they're done. And then they have an entire day to go do things that they're, like, really want to do. And 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 the the public school system is such a colossal waste of time because there is so much administration that goes on, so much, you know, wrangling of lots of people going in different directions at the same time. And ultimately the kid who's really good at math has to wait for the kid who's slow at math. And then when they get to art classes, the two positions are switched around and the kid who's good at art Mm -hmm. has to wait for the kid who is good at math but is terrible at art. Um and it's just it's just a matter of um of an inefficiency in application where yeah. it, it I mean, it just doesn't, you know, no child left behind means every child held back <laughs> except one.
0: Yeah. And, but, but what's really remarkable, I think about the whole public school model too, is like it's aimed and it must be aimed to the middle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like mm-hmm. advanced students get held back and get horribly disserved by this, by the system. But so do the kids who are in the back. Right. Like you mentioned, like, well, if, if a kid, if my, if, if my kid is really good at math, they might get it done in 20 minutes. But maybe they're really bad at reading. They need extra time on reading. Well, um, we can give them that extra time. Right. Um, I, I guess I have two, like, when I was in elementary school, um, there was a group of kids who were the stupid kids. And they had to leave class to go to this room. Where they needed extra help with with their assignments, and those are the stupid kids. Now they weren't the stupid kids. They weren't stupid kids. Like n- today, they are all like expert mechanics. They are expert farmers. If you wanted to ask that kid a question about cars, he could tell you everything about every car that you know, like all these cars that he loves. But he wasn't as good at reading as we were, and he wasn't as good as as good at getting his assignments done. He needed an extra little extra uh personal attention and so he wasn't stupid but we all knew they were the stupid kids
1: right absolutely no
0: one told us they were the stupid kids but they told us that they're stupid we we figured it out and it creates a system
1: where the kids cannot excel um because of the stigma of having to get up and leave the room and go to the remedial class
0: And, and that's and the terrible thing is some of those kids ended up dropping out because they were convinced themselves they were the stupid kids but really they just needed a more personalized approach and if those kids had been homeschooled then maybe they would have gotten a as good maybe better of an education because they could have had that more individualized education that they needed and without the stigma that that came from their other their fellow students you know um and and i um you know, I'm I'm gonna try and make this sound like I'm not bragging because I'm I'm really not. I was very good at education. I was very good at school, like I, I always have been. I I I I I really thrive in academic environments. But in elementary school, that was not as much of a strength because it meant that I understood the material faster than everyone else did. I didn't need to ha- hear it explained three four times. Um, I could figure it out sooner, and so. While the teacher was going at the other three directions of teaching, um, I was also high energy and very social. So instead of listening to the teacher explain it the three, four more times that I didn't need to hear, I started talking to my neighbors. And so, as a result, by the time I got to middle school, I had figured out that I was the bad kid mm. because I was the kid who, who got who had too much energy and I talked. And I I wonder how much of my middle school rebellion was fueled by this concept that I had convinced myself that I was the bad kid because I was always talking in class. When in reality I was just the bored kid because I I learned a little bit quicker. Like academic environments really worked well for me. And so, you know, you think about it, with both the the kid who's falling behind and the kid who's getting ahead, a homeschool environment is better for them. The kid who's falling behind, maybe they don't thrive on academic things. So maybe instead their parents can give them car manuals and auto mechanic videos, and they can start learning actual skills that they're going to learn, that they're going to need, they're, and they're not going to waste as much time on, on these subjects that they don't need to know about, whereas some of us who were more academically inclined, well, they could have just set me free and said, all right, uh, just do math for a while. However much you get done, just keep going just enjoy it. Oh, what it what's interesting? Do you want to read more about that? Let's go do that some more. And and that's really like the beauty of homeschooling is that that decentralization model, it's really a student serving model that we can um we can like like we could talk about like some some people really love the unschooling approach. Some people really uh will will take more of a a more formulaic, I guess you could call it even closer to traditional education with, with uh, curriculums and stuff like that. Some people might take the, the classical educational model, things like that. But you can try whatever. And you can try a bunch of different ways and see what works best for your student and then just um, find out what they find out interesting, what, what are they gravitating toward, and really encourage that. Instead of holding them back,
1: tell them to take off in these directions. Absolutely, yeah, Um, and I, I think the uh, the the topic of how to implement the homeschooling in the in the range between unschooling and some sort of strict curriculum, um, usually falls more on the parents' ability um, than the child's ability, and I think that that's actually the parents um, falling back into um a more a more public schooly uh uh uh, mindset which is to say for some parents (laughs) the concept of unschooling scares the uh the crap out of them because you know they may be uh more um academically inclined they may like uh boxes checked and the concept of just let's learn about tugboats this week because we're interested in tugboats and last week it was you know last uh, last week it was sunflowers but we're not interested in sunflowers anymore now it's tugboats um that might scare them um and so that parent will gravitate towards something that's a little more structured and that's fine um because the children need to see that um the prov- uh, the providing of the education is also um a joy is also an adventure and is also fun um but mm. i would caution parents to uh, you know, check themselves at the door and really try to figure out um, and interact with our children to see what is best for the children's education. Um, I know um, I was, mm-hmm. I did well with the academics. I did well with having a list of things to accomplish and get it done. My younger brother was was a little more lackadaisical um, and he did well with a mm-hmm. little less structure and my mom um yeah. was excellent at figuring out what um the children needed to uh excel in their own abilities to excel yeah and and you made a a little
0: comment there um that i i, I think was another really important part about um homeschooling which is this um so I work with high schoolers a lot and I keep hearing them say the same thing that I thought I believed, which is I hate, I hate reading or every once in a while, you'll talk to a student in the summer and you, um, you'll hear them be like, you try and teach them something like, Oh, I don't need to learn. It's summer. Yeah. Like we're not in school. I don't need, I don't need to learn. And you just think about like what that is saying. What that's saying is I only learn. During these time periods and these hours. And it's not just homeschooling. Go ahead. Yeah. And there's, and there's this, there's a specific place you do it. Whereas homeschooling, literally you're doing it at home. You're doing it at at everywhere. You're learning that learning is something you do at all times. And also by encouraging them to, to follow their own bliss in, in academics, you're teaching them that learning can be fun. Right. and, and, And yeah, I, I believed that I hated reading until, uh, I think it very late in my high school and suddenly I realized, wait, no, I don't, I don't hate this. I hate being assigned reading. I love reading.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Um, and like, it's not just high schoolers. I know some fully grown adults who are in the 35 to 45 year range. who's like, yeah, I, I just don't read books. And I just kind of, I, I kind of inwardly lament because whatever education, mm-hmm. and this is, again, not to assign blame on the public school system, though sure. judging by their age, it is to assign blame on the public school system. Their yeah. education was subpar, and they were taught to check boxes um, opposed to yep. taught to cherish and seek out learning. Um, yeah. And that, I think, is the most... Um, fundamental reason for homeschooling is simply to teach your kids to uh, look forward to learning, to um, um, desire to learn, and then also to equip them on how to teach themselves. Um, Really, up until high school, your kids need to read, they need to do some basic math, um, and then they need to just enjoy learning. That's it. Um, I'm pretty certain that my wife and I will be much more towards the unschooling until our children hit somewhere between Mm -hmm. eight and 12, um, when we will start Mm -hmm. making sure that they are, you know, academically ready for the, um, for the the world out there. But I think that Mm -hmm. oftentimes, uh, the school systems, um, emphasize academic, um, readiness at the expense of emotional or social readiness, um. I know for certain yeah. I was actually um, held back in kindergarten. Um, it was an age thing as well as I failed um, the the lettering. Um, they had the little sandpaper letters that you put a piece of paper on and rubbed a crayon on it. Yeah, I failed that in kindergarten, so they held me back a year. Um, but uh, it was a very good thing. I went to college as a 19-year-old freshman. Um, I would not have been emotionally ready to go to college as an 18-year-old freshman. Um so it was a fantastic thing for me to have that opportunity um to stay home and spend some time I mean I was academically ready for college probably by the end of my sophomore year of high school um but I was not emotionally mm-hmm. ready and so the the freedom to work on the the areas of development that are necessary that aren't just academics
0: Yeah and I think another thing is like there might be it might very well be that some of my kids maybe not maybe most of them even don't end up going to college at all. Right. Like there's a sense in which that whole college thing can be just part of the conveyor belt. Like if they don't need it, I can say, you know, well, how about instead of preparing for college and applying for scholarships, you take some of your day to go job shadow some people who you think you might be interested in their, their grade and, or maybe get an associate's degree or something like that. Like there's, There's, um, yeah, just the, again, the, the one size fits all the conveyor belt mentality of of the public school is something that needs to be taken care of. And I would say then there's also another level at which that's also a concerted effort. The public school conveyor belt mentality, stay on till the end of college, get a bunch of debt and then be released on the world as a leech on the system for the rest of your life with this status mentality is in some in many ways by design right and i think that's kind of our third reason why homeschooling is a great app a great way of um practical anarchy is you are in the act of homeschooling taking back power from the state by not waiting for their stamp of approval like i i'm not waiting to hear what they have to tell me to teach my kids they you know, I, my job isn't just to come alongside the public school and, and teach them what the state wants to teach them. My job is I'm taking back the power of raising my children from this. And I'll go ahead and go there because I'm that guy, this godless institution. I'm taking back the power from them Yeah. by raising my own kids.
1: Absolutely. And that, I mean, is hand in hand with our last reason. Um. Which is to include specifically religious content um, into your into your education. Where, as a Christian, everything I do, you know, when I'm doing things right, um, everything I do is uh, is in subservience to Christ, and mm-hmm. that includes educating my children, and that includes teaching my children to yeah. act in subservience to Christ, um, and yeah. that is simply not an education that my kids will get in the public school system. Um there may be Christians there, mm-hmm. maybe even Christians there that we know and trust. Um but the but the system itself is at best morally neutral um and is mm-hmm. most likely uh worse than that. Um and even even mm-hmm. private schools, even religious private schools where you can trust that they're hearing about God, um it is not the same thing in my opinion, um where it is not the same thing as hearing this hearing this content day in and day out of yeah you know, um glorify God and enjoy him forever yeah. um coming from the parents coming from the mother who's most likely the one staying home providing the homeschool education mm-hmm. uh, and then hearing it again from dad when he comes home from work and reinforces and yeah. checks in um uh yeah. in my opinion that is so much better than than even what the uh, private school system can offer um But that, I mean, it's just take take back control from the state, raise children, um, in the way that you think is best, and teach them about Jesus. I mean, it's it's not rocket science. It's just raising kids.
0: Yeah, and and I feel like there's also a real red pill situation when you realize that, um, peer pressure is not a bug in the system; it's a feature of the public school. Like it's the whole purpose. Like everyone knows, you are more influenced. Everyone who went to a public school knows you were far more influenced by your peers than you were by your teachers. Yes, the teacher stood in the front of the room and wrote things on the board, and you had to write down those notes. But ultimately, the, quote, socialization, which is always the retort that you hear as a homeschool parent to, like, well, but what about getting socialized? Frankly, I don't want my kids socialized by those other demons. Absolutely. you're Like, I've met those kids. I've seen the way they work. I don't want my kids taught how to be kids by them because like it's a, children it's don't insane. children
1: don't learn how to become adults by watching other children. Children learn how to become right. adults by watching other adults. And and when you're surrounded Absolutely. by 20 or 30 kids, your own age who don't want to act like the only adult in the room, um, there is no way that your child is going to get that positive benefit of interacting with the teacher yes. um, to get that um, inter age, intergenerational, uh, uh, uh training and um and it's i mean it's just it's just it's just moronic like yeah the the the, you don't go to the 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 person who's has the same problem as you um yes in order to learn how to do something better you may go to the same person you may go to a person who has the same problem as you in order to find support in order to find comfort but if you've got a problem you have to go to find somebody who's already overcome that problem if you want to learn from them and it's the same thing with, with yeah. growing up. Your children cannot learn how to be adults from other children because they're all children and no. they've never been an adult. I yeah. can understand what it's like to be an, a child. My child cannot understand what it's like to be an adult. I need to teach him that. Yeah. Um. And he will not learn like, that from his friends.
0: Yeah. The whole like, there's so many things that like everyone knows that these are like memes for the for the millennial generation. But when you think about it as to why it applies to us, why does the NPC meme? apply so well to the millennial generation. Because we were we were the ones in which the public school mentality really came on the strongest. Like in the Boomer generation, there was still a little bit of the leftover perspective of the one-room schoolhouse. The Gen X, they were still probably perfecting it. But really, we are the ones who got full-bore modern public school. And the uh, the effect is, we are mindless NPCs that cannot think for ourselves, like the amount of, of, of people who've broken the matrix in my generation is so small. And also like, like I said, that peer pressure is not a bug in the system. It is a feature. The reason that millennials are famous above all else for this FOMO fear of missing out is because That whole concept of socialization is that we want to make sure we're doing what everyone else is doing. We need to have the same products that everyone else is having. We need to be watching the same TV shows that everyone else is watching, which is why we have to have all of the subscription services to make sure we're not missing anything. We need to make sure that we're constantly, why were we the social media generation? Because we needed to know what everyone else was thinking and looking at and talking about so that we could think and look at and talk about those things as well. And I still have those moments where I have to give myself permission to not watch the popular new show because I'm like, I don't want to watch it. And I feel like fight that inward desire to be like, but everyone else is watching it. Don't I have to know what they're watching? And, and that's all a feature of public school mentality that we, we are the, the quote socialization that I'm supposedly my children are going to be missing is the socialization of being a lemming, of just chasing the rest of the herd. And I don't want my kids to be that. I want my kids to be leaders in this world. I want them to be critical thinkers. Like, I've got all men, and and they're going to be hopefully leaders in their families and in their churches and communities, and they can't do that if they're being a lemming. Right. And, and that's, I just, like I said, I think that's just, even with your, like you were saying, even with, I think pub, uh, many forms of private school, there is still that, um, that bug in the system that hasn't been eradicated. That's still the, all the socialization. What that means is you are learning to fit in, which is following the
1: crowd. Absolutely. And I think the reason why our generation and ones after it, um, are going, are have been, and will be so hard hit. um, is the prevalence of immediate access to social media because yeah. it used to be you would go to school, there'd be, you know, there'd be socialization, there'd be peer pressure, and then you would come home to your family and you'd interact oh. with your younger siblings or your older siblings and your parents. Yeah. Maybe depending on, on how long ago or what the situation is, maybe your grandparents, um, Maybe you've yeah. got other extended family who's living with you. Now you come home yeah. and you get on a computer or your phone and you interact with the exact same folks that you were interacting with just an hour ago at school. Um, oh and and gosh, so, and right. so they're, they're, the, the, the amount of intergenerational um, um, activity uh, is decreasing and the quality of it is decreasing and the amount yeah. of time that uh people but especially young adults spend on social media um which is of course gamified to provide that dopamine rush they, they um yeah it makes total sense that they um do the exact same things that the other people their ages do because that's that's <sighs> all that they know how to interact with um yeah. and so yeah lemmings is a great word uh, because um some of it is intentional, I'm sure. Some of it is unintentional, but these children and these young adults are only ever interacting with people who are their own age, and they have no way of learning what it's like to be um, w- what it's like to be a- in any other age group, and they never learn what it's like to be an adult because they don't interact with adults.
0: Yeah, I didn't even connected that fact that social media is what expanded the, the most negative effect of public schooling even when i go we go home like uh, social media was really just starting to develop when i was in school but we still had chat messenger you know msm messenger aol instant messenger yahoo messenger and so yeah we you're right it's the same thing we go home from school and i would log on to the computer and continue talking to the same people i've been talking to and ignore my parents and my sister and everyone around me and those people that would ground me in anything other than this herd mentality, I was already inculcating in myself. Yeah, I, I hadn't even thought about that connection. That's a great connection. Um,
1: and and of so course, I think it, uh, the, the fact sorry, of no. the matter is well-intentioned parents who send their kids to a public school um, and participate and allow their children to participate in extracurriculars and have you know, social media and friends outside of, uh, uh, outside of the schools – um, which I don't think is possible to do otherwise nowadays. Um, so a normal uh, a normal um, educational upbringing, no parent is going to be able to um, overcome that purely based on the sheer amount of time that ch- the children spend yeah. not interacting with those parents. Um, and I cannot in yeah. good faith uh, recommend that people um, who have a choice send their their children to a, a public school system. Um, yeah. I, I, uh, you know, when people ask my opinions on private schools, I am neutral to begrudgingly positive, um, but not much more than that, um, because the, the benefit, of whatever your benefit is in your situation, um, is not worth the cost that I can see, um, purely based on the amount of interaction that children get to spend with their own parents, and yeah. with people outside of their own age. Yeah. I, yeah, it's, it's, uh,
0: yeah, I, <laughs> I agree. Yeah. And, and I think, um, there's one last point, and that this point, I think applies specifically to, um, uh, Christians and we've already kind of talked about it a little bit, but, um, there's a very real sense in which, and this is, uh, um, this is our people, we are not only libertarians, we are Christian libertarians, um, and part of the reason why I don't trust the state is because of its godlessness, its secularity is what I don't trust about it, I think the, the concept of the neutral world view is, is, is a failure, I think if you want to see, like I talked a little bit about this again, to plug that uh, not another liberty, um, what is it, Not <laughs> not another Liberty podcast episode I did with Lincoln. Um, we talked a lot about this, how, how really the, um, the world wars are the legacy of the secular state. than the secular worldview mm-hmm. um, and the secular worldview, what we did is we, we took all the breaks off and we learned to become killers par excellence and, and um, bringing in the Christian worldview is very important to me. But there's a sense in which also, like if you want to be a Christian libertarian, homeschooling is another great way to make a specific act of anarchy. Uh, specifically, sorry, Christian uh, homeschooling is a specific act of anarchy because I'd like to remind my uh, my Christian friends of the central declaration of our faith, which is uh, Jesus is Lord. And one uh, um, person, As one uh, podcast, Christian podcast I listen to, makes a makes a point regularly of talking about is that this statement, "Jesus is Lord," was not a a statement that came out of nowhere. That they just came up with this statement. Oh, uh, Jesus, Curios. No, they there was already a phrase being passed around: "Kaiser Curios, Caesar is Lord." Hmm. Caesar is Lord was the statement of of Rome. You could worship whoever you wanted to. I don't care who you worship. I don't care what you do, as long as you affirm that Caesar is Lord.
1: Mm-hmm. As
0: long as you you add to whatever sacrifice you're offering, the pinch of incense for the for Caesar, you can worship whoever you want. Well, the Christians were not having that. Right. We were not allowing Caesar to claim that lordship that belongs to Christ. Yeah. And Christ alone. And for for. I get the chance with my kids. We start our days with catechisms, with Bible, with a little bit of uh, of of, of uh, we have another book that we go through about theology, and we start our day with our kids around yeah. the breakfast table, specifically centering ourselves on the Lord of Lords and, and the King of Kings, uh, against whom all the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain. Right. This is one of the greatest acts of anarchy that I perform with my children is teaching them the Lordship of Christ. Absolutely. And that Lordship trumps every other Lordship. I don't care if it's Biden or Trump, whoever claims to be King of my nation, that King is just a drop in the bucket compared to the Lord and his reign. And, um, my children will never wonder if they have to pledge allegiance to the flag right. or to some or to the, st- and to the nation for which it stands to the Republic for which it stands, they owe no such allegiance. Right. Their allegiance is to Christ and him crucified. Mm-hmm. And sure, they'll submit to the government as far as they can in in, con- in good conscience. sake. I'll teach them that like, yeah, that's Romans 13. I think it's much more of a practical thing though we talked about that way back in episode two, uh, two or three, sorry. Um, on Christian libertarianism, uh, they'll, they'll submit to the state insofar as it's a practically a good idea. Um, but ultimately they will know Jesus is Lord. Biden is not. Yeah. So (laughs) we've, uh, we've been going for a while now, and this is a, this is a topic that I think I forgot how passionate I was about. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, me because too. I
0: haven't, haven't talked, talked about it in a while. And, um, and so I guess I would say to any, um, if there's any young parents out there who are considering their educational options, I would want, uh, to encourage you to, to really consider, uh, homeschooling, um, if for no other reason than for that second point of the decentralization aspect that you can, um, tailor your educational education to your student. Listen to what they need, listen to what they are. Um, if you are a young person who's wondering how you can fight against the state, let me give you one way uh, Find a good girl she doesn't have to be a libertarian just a just a good girl who's willing to listen. Uh, start a family, homeschool your family, and that is one of the best ways you can undermine the state so uh, don't don't run around smoking weed and championing sex work or whatever the heck left libertarians want to do, uh, settle down, have some kids, homeschool your kids and, uh, and, and teach them that Jesus is Lord and Caesar's not. That's how you want if You want to undermine the state do that. That's, that's my last words. You have any last words?
1: Uh, if anybody out there disagrees with us, we want to hear from you. Um, I have to eat my own mm-hmm. cooking and if I can't, uh, listen to an opposing viewpoint, Um, you shouldn't be listening to me. So, uh, if you, if you think we're wrong, I want to hear that. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on our website flyover.page. Um, we're also on Facebook. I'm not on Facebook, but the other two are, um, yeah, reach out. We want to hear you. Um, if you have any questions about what it looks like to homeschool, um, if you are newly to it, uh, if COVID has forced you to homeschool, um, or if, Mm -hmm. uh, you're just looking a a year or two or five or 10 down the road and curious, we'd love to hear you too. Um, I have plenty of good resources, um, on, on the topic. I, uh, we can get you any answers that you have. Yeah.
0: And I think that's, that's the big thing is, is, uh, it is more possible than you think it is for sure. That's, that's one of the things that holds a lot of people back from doing homeschooling is, um, they, it just seems impossible. Because one of the things that the state has convinced us of is that you need uh, to get a specific education in order to teach your children.
1: Okay, I'm going to um, go on a rant here um, because that's completely <laughs> nonsense. And this actually gets into your topic about um, college education where... um. Most of the time when people talk about um, college education and, you know, if, if I don't go to college, then that means you're going to be in the trades. And let me be very clear. The trades are necessary. We need people who can fix things. There are not enough people who can fix yes. things. There's a lot of great dreamers out there who make stuff and then it breaks and then they move on. But my point is, mm. even those, um, you know, more traditional academic um, type uh, degrees, if you're, if you're thinking computer science, don't you dare get a college education you can get all the information you need online for free in a whole lot less time with a lot less nonsense you don't have to go through this stupid freshman orientation process um and you can do it on youtube and like you know so i work in it now if 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 you want a degree if you want to work in it you don't need a degree you just need to be able to know what you're doing and you can learn it all online um and the same thing goes for so many different career fields that are um, less in the physical and more in the the the, the mental um, or the logical sphere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, this could we can maybe put this somewhere else um, if we need to. But uh, you don't need to go to college. Um, you don't you don't need yeah. this because you can get it all online for free anyway. Mm-hmm.
0: And if nothing else, honestly, I wonder if the. Uh old concept of the the college experience has become um, a, well, for one thing, I'm just gonna say, I don't know that it was ever worth the investment. And it's certainly not worth the investment anymore.
1: How Absolutely. much money you're spending
0: in order to party, it's a, it's a bad idea, not worth it. If you need the degree for advancement of any kind, like just having the degree is gonna help you advance, do it online for a lot cheaper.
1: And if the, uh, if the partying is, is important to you, um, do it online anyway. And then, I mean, you can buy a lot of booze for 60,000 a year, <laughs> you know, a- as a, as a, uh, as a libertarian, um, I'm not going to tell you, no, as a Christian, I would, um, you know, encourage otherwise, but, uh, yeah, yeah. maybe we should yeah. not end with that. <laughs> My bad.
0: Oh. <laughs> uh. No, well that's it's uh I think it's uh very good uh it's, it's, yeah, a good place to start stop would would have been, you know, a few conversations back. But you Thank know, you it heard. happened. We're moving on. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's it's very good. Uh I've I've really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you have as well. I hope it's been challenging to you or co- uh confirming to you. Maybe if you're just listening and you're trying to uh you're yourself thinking about homeschooling or you are homeschooling and you're like, did I make the right decision? Maybe it's confirming for you. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, like uh, you know, take control of your own household. That is the uh best place to start in undermining the state. Take control of your own household and your own life. Absolutely, your own uh, yeah. And so, um, with that, I think we're gonna call it a episode. Um, once again, because the rural Rothbard isn't here to rein us in, we've gone way too long. Absolutely, sorry, yeah. man. Uh, but, <laughs> but it was good I hope you enjoy it And uh, we'll see you next time
1: Take care everyone